0: Hello everyone, I'm Matt, a.k.a. Legion Next, and welcome to another fantastic episode of The Gap with me and my co-host Shane, a.k.a. The Bearded One. How are you doing today, Shane? I have a Barks Root Beer.
1: A root beer? Specifically a Barks Root Beer. Oh shit, like the root of all beer. Listen, I'm just going to say... I don't know if this is a hot take, but I'm just gonna say it. Barks is the best root beer, and if you think otherwise, you're just wrong. But what if you're like me and just don't like root beer? Well then if if you don't like any root beer, then okay, you're exempt from the the You're exempt from this. But if you actively enjoy root beer and you think Barks isn't the best, get out of my house.
0: Out of my life. With me also I have a co-host, Spencer. How are you doing today, Spencer?
1: I'm doing good. Uh... you think
0: Barks is the best root beer. I thought he was going to come back at me and say, actually, um, it's not.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen, I have
2: not had a Barks root beer in uh, f- at least a fortnight. Almost 50 um, years. But uh, completely ignoring the fact that A&W is built on root beer. That's. Also, also, while, while, while we're at it, what about mug? Mug? No one mug. drinks
1: mug willingly. How can you not like mug? Listen, I'm not saying mug is bad, but I'm just saying I've never seen someone out of, like, all the root beer brands specifically choose mug. The only people I know who drink mug willingly is because it's the only thing they have. Because it's in one of those, like, variety packs of different fucking pops. The guy's name
2: who made Bark's Root Beer was Edward Bark. I'm going to fuck. I'm
1: going to do a pop shove it off the roof. I swear to God.
2: (laughs) It was created in 1898.
1: Does it predate a A&W? I, mean, probably. I think it yeah. probably
0: does. A&W, A&W is, a is not that old. chain. Yeah, a yeah. and
1: not that old. But what
2: about Mug Root Beer? Oh, that was 1940. Dad's yeah, Root no, Beer? Yeah, nothing good happened in that the That was 1940s. 1937.
0: Oh yeah, uh, nothing did good. Was, there was a little thing called The War,
1: Shame. Nothing good so. happened in the 40s, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but,
2: although it is discontinued, there was a Root Beer brand called Hires, uh that was 1876 uh it is now it's discontinued but it was owned by dr pepper
1: Uh, so it's probably they probably just threw it in as a flavor in dr pepper it's one of the 11 different flavors i mean probably no that's not how that works don't
2: don't fucking give him this that's not how dr pepper works shane (laughs) it's not like root beer is not a fucking spice you can just
1: toss that in there. Do you, know? do
2: you understand the concept of what root beer actually is? It is a yes, sarsaparilla. It's a sa- it is a sarsaparilla derivative, okay? Well, I,
1: you know what? I don't appreciate the sarsaparilla you're giving me right now, buddy.
2: Yeah, and while ale. we're at it, ginger ale isn't actually an ale.
1: Also, it doesn't contain ginger. It does contain ginger. What? Does, head, my opinion depend- no. is that it's not it does not contain ginger. That's what I'm going with. Okay,
2: well, your opinion is, like, factually wrong, but that's the well, that's dep-
0: Well, that's not an, that's not an opinion. Gin- that's me stating dep- something. No, 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 no. It depends on the ginger ale. There are ginger ales that don't have ginger. However, however it's important to note that proper ginger ale does actually have ginger in it. So if yeah, the ginger... So- so if the ginger ale you're getting doesn't have ginger It's bad and not actually ginger ale Yeah, yeah so do a pop just shove get, it
1: off the uh, Statue of Liberty Spence
2: Just get a uh, Canada Dry Or like a fucking dry.
0: Verner's or a Seagrams A Canada Dry implies The existence of a Canada Wet mm-hmm. Canada is wet let's go Yeah it is wet You know what else is wet? This podcast The Gap uh, <laughs> the, the gap uh we have a wonderful show planned for y'all today of course we have some simul uh, a little bit of simulcast to talk about some simul pubs one piece of news check that one piece of news uh because <laughs> it is again the month of spork so we are doing this uh every week uh so the news can be a little little dry can be a little uh little lean Depending, uh, uh, depending, uh, but we, and we, of course, we also have our featured anime of the podcast for about this week, and that is my pick for the month, Bartender, so keep, stay tuned for that. I think we're all ready to get started, I think we're ready to continue onwards. I'm ready to get this episode of The
1: Gap going, and you know what we say, here at The Gap, we commit ourselves to being the wettest, moistest podcast on the internet.
0: Yes, we do, Shane.
1: That's, yes, our, that's our slogan, and it's
0: always been like that. Don't come at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always been like that. It's always been like that. Ever since uh, the, the far-off year of 1937, it's been that way. Nothing good also happened in the 30s. Anyway, let's get into it, boys. Let's get into it. Uh, with the exception of Netflix shows and others like Streaming, sir, and, uh, which there's still a couple of those to air, uh, this as of this recording, officially every single... Uh, show for the fall season has started. Uh, because there was one holdout prior to the start of the season, uh, that we were waiting for, and that was The Apothecary Diaries, which, uh, did a big three episode premiere on as, uh, yesterday as we're recording this. Um, and it has started up. I have watched it. I do not know if the either of you two
1: have. No, watched. no. Do you so know what it
0: talk about Apothecary Diaries, Matt? Do you know what Apothecary Diaries is about for first Yes. Of all? Yes, I do. Alright, Shane, do you know what it's about? Lol, we'll no. <laughs> okay, I'll do an explanation for Shane. So, Apothecary Diaries uh is set it's Supposed to be set in, like, I'm pretty sure it's ancient China. Um, however, it's, they it's do. It's Warring States, period. It's Warring States, period, but they leave it a mm-hmm. little vague. They don't actually name any of the countries by name in the show. They always do, they just call it the East and the West. That's how, that's, actually... how it that's how it goes. They never actually state the country's names. Uh, our main character, her name is Mao Mao. Uh, she is a pharmacist or an apothecary that works in the Red Light District. Um, one day she get uh, and and one day on her way back home, she gets kidnapped, uh, by a group of slavers and sold to the imperial palace as a servant. Uh, and uh, servant, however, Mao, uh, uh, however, Mao Mao, because of her experience as an apothecary, uh, she is one of she, uh, she's able to kind of navigate through the palace a lot. Smarter than anyone else because she, what, because one, she has the ability to read and write, which takes you a long ways in this time and place. And she has a knack, and she has a very unique knack for like wanting to test poisons on herself. Literally, her introductory scene is I'm, I, is that she, I have a snake. It's possibly venomous. I'm going to let it bite me. And she lets it bite her, bite her to figure out what it does. Uh, She's like, she is a. She is the female anime character equivalent of that guy who stunned himself a lot for the Payne Schmidt index. Uh that is basically what she is. You mean Justin Schmidt? Yeah, Justin Schmidt. Yeah. And or uh, Coyote Peterson. Yeah, and or and or yeah, Coyote Peterson is also a great example. Uh who I love. Who I'm a big fan of him. Uh so uh but one day you find uh the, the she learns rumors that the chil- Emperor's children are ill, and she gets the attention of a eunuch by the name of Jinshi, who uh I know, who is trying to find a, who's trying to find out what the hell is causing it. Of course she helps out and she's able to figure it out because of her experience in this sort of field, and she gets and then she pretty much gets promoted, uh, and ha- eh, promoted, and now she's essentially working her way up the imperial court, kind of like a scratch your back, I'll scratch your, um, uh, your scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of situation. What I love about the show, there's a lot of things obviously about the show that are great. Uh, just on a technical level, it's gorgeous to look at. The music is fantastic, and the music is courtesy of Kevin Pankin, so you know it's good. Um, so it's going to be a uh, soundtrack of the year is what you're saying. It's got stiff competition this year. Let's be fair. Um, it's got stiff competition this year, but it's one of the best of the year. I think it's got Kevin Pankin as well as Satoru Kosaki working with him. He also worked on Adahi and Beastars. He's on this too. Um, uh, it's written and directed by Norihiro Naganuma, who previously was the director on the first season of Ancient Magus. So it's got that going for it. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's fucking gorgeous. The uh, the backgrounds are great. The art style is great. The animation is stellar across the board. Uh, they it, it's it's a great anime because even like the fucking deformed chibi stuff that they that they sometimes have is also really well animated. Uh, so they there's a lot of care put into this. It's shockingly very funny because the main character is kind of like this is a very different kind of main character than you would expect for this kind of thing uh she is very sarcastic she's very she is very internal she's very like distant uh but at the same time she like she is a but also she's not like a fucking like she's not stoic she's able to like actually like interact with people it's really good it's really great she's one of the best Lead characters of the year, I think. I think she's fantastic. She's voiced by Ayuki, who did, who is the voice of Futaba in, in Persona Five, um, as well as Lucy from Cyberpunk. So it that. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, the but obviously, I think the big thing that's appealing to Apothecary Diaries right now is if you like mystery shows, the mysteries in this are really good. So. Uh, they, the real, it's, it's, it's Spe- Spencer's, your favorite kind of mysteries is the ones you can figure out before the main character can, cause all the clues are laid out immediately. Uh, if you're smart enough. The perfect whodunits. The, they're not really, yeah. And they're not whodunits. They're like fucking like little, the mysteries are kind of like what, like almost like what like, if like, they're based in like medicine and illnesses and shit, at least right now. Uh, mm-hmm. from what I have heard later on, they do get a little bit more complicated. Um, Uh, and everyone, everyone I've, who's read the light novels has told me that they're fantastic. Everyone has said that, like, everyone has told me that, like, the light novels are some of the best in the best coming out right now. And I would believe them. I think that the, they did a very good job with this. Apothecary Diaries is getting the dub. Um, so, uh, you can wait for that. Or you can just watch this, watch, watch it right now. The first three episodes are out. And it's in sub, it's gonna be... Consecutive two cores as well, which is now a selling point, I guess. Hate um, it. Fucking hate it. I fucking I fucking hate it. Did you hear that solo leveling is gonna be split core again? Yeah,
1: boo. <laughs> boo!
0: <laughs> Stop this! We don't like this. Why is it split like core? It's probably because it's A1. Yeah. It'll, It'll probably, probably fall apart like
1: halfway through the, the core.
0: <laughs> and don't don't say that, man.
1: Like <laughs> always, <laughs> man. Hey, A one hasn't had the best track record lately. So. Have some
0: faith. Have some faith, please. I do not want solo leveling to be the to be absolutely fucked by this. Um, but yeah, that's the bi- uh, that's obviously the big show that that came out. There's a co- the the only other two. Sh- there's only other really two shows out uh coming out after this that are like ones that I would really want to like focus on, and that's uh, obviously Pluto, which Pluto. is out this week. Which out this out week, on Thursday, I think. Yeah, um, and we're all watching Pluto, right? Like that. Yeah, dude, it's nowski Yosawa. Yeah, and then of course there's Onibusha, which is the Takashi uh, Mike show uh, that's coming out. Uh, uh, that I believe, and I believe that's early November or mid November. I think it's November second, right? last I saw. Which yes. is so like like next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's next Thursday. So, uh, but yeah, outside of that, uh, outside of that. Everything has aired, uh, and we got a lot of good stuff airing. Spencer, is there any simulpa- uh, simulcast you want to talk about or no? Uh, I mean,
1: like, that's the thing about doing this weekly, is like, yeah, like we've already said whole- pretty much everything we're gonna say. Yeah, it's
2: third verse, save as the first. Um, I have not seen the new episode of Hype Mike or Undead Unlock yet. Um, I haven't seen
0: undead. Uh, I haven't seen those yet either.
2: But everything else continues to be good, and I and I continue to watch them for a reason. Entertainment reason being, purposes. <laughs> it is good entertainment purposes. It is uh,
0: indeed. It is good entertainment purposes. Um,
2: I also have enough to put to fit maybe a couple more shows in this season to watch. So probably by by the end of. By, like, next week, I'll be talking about Ap- Apothecary, uh, Freyren. I'll start Freyren, and I'll figure out something else. But, nope, third verse, same as the first. All the shit's good that, that I'm watching. Nothing's bad. This is a good season.
0: Yeah. Shane, have you watched anything this season? Because you've been waiting for to watch stuff. So about that.
1: Oh, wow, Shane. This is a surprise.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's funny because this time I don't really have an excuse last week. I had the excuse uh, that the week leading up to podcast was a very long week and a very stressful work week. And I was very tired, so I did Mm -hmm. not have any energy or motivation to watch anything this Mm -hmm. week. The excuse is that um, it was an insane week for video games, and that took up literally
0: all of my free time. Yeah, So don't worry. He will have his shots next week. We hope. We'll see. We'll see. Otherwise,
2: I will I will uh, officially coin this as pulling a Shane, where you promise somebody to do something, and then you just never do. <laughs> the pulling a Shane! Oh, pulling geez. a Shane. Do, and do, do, do you want that live on air for the people, Shane? I don't think so.
1: I publicly don't publicly care.
2: You might not you might say you don't care, but when I start actively using it. <laughs> when I start calling you the the yellow toad
1: of the podcast Okay, that one actively fuck with me because I'm wearing a yellow sweater. That's right. Shane, look at your window. Get out of
0: my fucking head. Get out of my, my head, Charles. Charles. <laughs> fucking fucking. But yeah, no it 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 you know it has no, indeed been an insane week for video games by the way. Um Thanks thankfully, it. thankfully if you were waiting for dub, a lot of the dubs have started up with some exceptions. Um uh, uh fuck it. Uh but so if you have been waiting for dub, a lot of them have started up, so at that point no excuse. You can just have those as well. Um I haven't had the chance to listen to the Freyrin dub. I would like to do that at some point, though. I will be um, watching Freyrin dubbed. Me, too. me as well. Yeah. and I, also I, Spy I, Family
2: that's dubbed
0: as well. Well, yeah, Spy or Spy Family has started. Yeah, Spy Family's dub has started up. I know that. Um, uh, uh, I am cur- there's a, I know that and I know there's a couple of other ones that still need to start up, but I don't know which ones exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, None of them from High Dive because High Dive doesn't do Simul Dubs anymore. I don't, unless it's Eminence. Um,
1: say, no, they, Eminence. they do. It's just they take a lot longer to start than Crunchyroll does. Well, they do them like a imminent. month or two after the fact. Unless
0: it's Eminent. Well, they, that they, uh, unless it's Eminence, apparently. Uh, yeah, Eminence, apparently.
1: yeah. Eminence is the first time they've done a same day dub, by the way, since Review
0: Starlight. Mm hmm. And I just watched a few Starlight, like fucking like, sub, anyway. and that was four years ago. Yeah, yeah. probably because Eminence in the Shadow* is done. Like the the like the animation on that show has been done for a while. Yeah, um, which is good. More shows yeah. need to be like that, please. But yeah, um, high dive, I, high dive I
1: know si- sh- quote unquote, simul dubs are like a month or two after the fact.
0: So, I, I just watch the sub if you want to watch them weekly. At that point, like. Fucking it It takes way too long for them to start up. Um, uh, but in uh, but in any case, let's move on to Simon Pub's, which is also pretty dead because a lot of them were on break this week. Actually, Rip One Piece. Uh, One Piece was One Piece is always on break.
1: Um, you want to know what's fucked uh, up though, Matt? What? So I went on the Shonen Jump app this morning to find the new chapters. They had 1096 listed on the app, but it didn't load. And then an hour later, it disappeared, and it was like, "Oops, sorry." I, they,
0: they, they thought that there was a new chapter, and they're like, "Wait a minute!" It's <laughs> oh, it literally, literally,
1: literally, you go to the One Piece page. It's like Chapter ten ninety six came out today, October twenty second. You click on it,
0: zero pages, it should nothing have loads. You to that scene from Baki where they're eating invisible food. That's yeah, what I yeah. would have done. Um, but no, there was no One Piece. Uh, I think Chainsaw Man's on break this week as well. Chainsaw Man is, yes. Which has been on break a little bit more than usual, weirdly. I don't know. No,
1: not really. Not really. He's been kind of no, doing it two week for a while.
2: Yeah, he's been doing two week, two week, one week, one week, two week, two week, one week, he's one week. He's becoming Oda. Pretty,
0: it, it, it's a pretty solid pattern. He's Yeah, he's uh, becoming that, Oda. He is becoming Oda. Um Mr.
2: Fujimoto is becoming Mr.
0: Oda. Um, Mr. Oda. Um, but, yeah, so Fuji, yeah, but, fuck it, yeah, Chainsaw Man is on, on break, is gonna be on break again. Uh, the big one, obviously, we were talking about a machine before podcast started, which is MHA. MHA is probably the big one this week, uh, cause we had a big chapter for this, uh. Cause the boy is back. Well, officially, because we mentioned he's it last week. He's officially back. But he's officially back, and looks like he has, like, negative HP. The dude he, is not. He really he does. No- he looks, he looks, cooked. I, I actually think he looks worse than he was when he was dead, weirdly enough. Um uh fucking but he yeah, he looks absolutely cooked. Uh but however, uh, him
1: and Deku proceed to do maybe the coolest thing I've ever fucking seen.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Deku basically launches Bakugo across the fucking th- Island, pretty much, to go help All Might and fight all for one. Just fucking yeets him. Like, fucking
1: he, like, like, Bakugo comes in, like, shoots himself in, and then without saying a word to each other, like, they, they lock hands, and Deku slingshots him across the city.
0: It's so cool. It's so so fucking cool. cool. And Horikoshi's art is insane. Just like fucking the way that he uses momentum in those panels is nuts. And it works as a really good kind of like moment for Bakugo. Because like, if you guys, if you remember back right after, like after the first All Might All for One fight, all the way back. Remember season three? Yes, I remember season three. Uh, Bakugo, bla- uh, Bakugo has been constantly blaming himself for like what happened to All Might the entire time. Like this is like that's like, been one of his big things ever since then. And so I think the fact that he's gonna be like his what I'm going to presume is one of his like final acts in the manga before it wraps up is h- saving All Might or the uh, saving All Might. I think is going to be I think it's really poetic. That's what we really call strong. emotional catharsis. Emotional <laughs> catharsis, uh, and also, uh, all, and also, I was right again. Uh, he's fighting all for one, and Deku's gonna fight Shigaraki. Yep. I was fucking right once again. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, MHA was
1: really, uh, MHA was very strong. I cannot wait until they like zoom into his chest and we see the cartoon edge shot heart beating within. Yes. Please. I can't, please. Like, Horikoshi, I, I know it's objectively the stupidest shit, and it will turn a lot of people off. Fuck it. Just do it.
0: Please. It would be awesome. Do it! It would be wonderful. It would be... Listen, really, it would...
2: listen okay, I, I speak as a person who actively has not read a single page of My Hero since Bakugo's quote-unquote resurrection. Um... But if Horikoshi does a full 180 and fucking leans super hard into how stupid it is, I will read it again because n- it it transcends being just an ass-pull and being like a really really delayed joke, and that is a difference that I can get behind.
1: That's a that's a joke with over a year of buildup, my guy. <laughs>
0: Exactly. That's like like on the same level of Oda making a villain whose power is electricity and having Luffy go fight him and just him being invincible to him because he's made of rubber. Like, fucking, fucking, I love manga, I love, more manga need long-delayed fucking punchlines.
2: Yeah, so just, Horikoshi, I'll buy all the manga if you just Fucking lean in super hard into this dumb shit
1: because Like like, like we have to re- we have to remember. Like we we have to recognize fucking Ed is inside of Bakugo. Like we yeah we have to remember that crucial detail while all of this is going on. I'm fucking I'm Edeshaw wondering is when the is fuck his th- heart.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 waiting to how they explain how that's working. Cause like obviously we're in the middle of a fight right now. Bakugo just came back. Uh but and will Horikoshi flash back to like twenty minutes earlier and see the final stages of that? Because we still don't know how the how like the specifics of that went. He has they to start, started and then they cut away and now he's back, which means okay it worked and he so he's gonna cut back at some point. The question is when and how and I'm if very curious.
2: <laughs> If he does not cut back, then I will be ironically even more upset because then the whole concept of Edshot being his heart and all of that shit me- meant fucking nothing because yeah. they were just going to magic him yeah. back to life. Literally, literally
1: so, the definition of a plot device. <laughs> literally, a plot, uh,
2: literally, literally that, yeah. I, I know that it's time, boys,
0: but that would be an absolute nothing burger. That would be an absolute nothing burger. I don't know. I'm wondering when he's gonna cut over though, because he's in the middle of a bunch of fights right now. Uh, probably fucking. I don't fucking. I'm. I, I. I'm just waiting on the rev. I don't, fucking. I will say, Bakugo does look worse than when he was dead. Weirdly, he looks like a zombie. Like he looks like he looks like he's actually like when Shane said he looks cooked. Like he looks like he's actually been cooked. He looks burnt. Uh, he looks burnt. Yeah, he looks like he's a fucking,
1: chicken nugget. It's fucking pan fried,
0: dude. Yeah. Literally. Also, like I also I think his quirk awakened. I don't know. I have he's able. To, I know. Well, because like fucking, he's able to like the the explosions he was doing. I'm like, he wasn't able to do that before. Uh, so I think his quirk awakened. I think.
1: Turns out that when you have another man become your heart, some things just kind of awaken inside of you. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bakugo's, Bakugo's is awakening gay. is that he's gay. Is that he's gay as hell? And f- ah yes, shade. Finally, uh, Bakugo and Kirishima can be gay in and, day and oh, peace. finally it's official.
1: I've been waiting for the day that Bakugo gets pegged by Kirishima. Okay. So, what other manga are we talking about,
0: boys? I don't fucking know. Spencer, is there anyone you want to talk about? Uh the newest chapter of Kagurabachi. I was gonna say I wanna talk
1: about Kagurabachi, man.
0: <laughs> it's really chapter good guys, six, it's fucking
1: six. sick. We got who, fucking
0: Kagurabachi Kagura, Bachi, mental Kagura hand, Peak
2: <laughs> And we got puppet guy and we got girl who can heal herself from injuries. Panel of
0: the pup- I will say that panel of the puppets getting slashed looks straight out of something of Chainsaw Man. Like, I'm just saying. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: yeah oh, 100%. Uh, Kagurabachi is really good. And But the funny thing about Kagurabachi, in, in my opinion, is that if somebody was to ask, is Kagurabachi good, I could say yes. If somebody was to ask me wh- why Kagurabachi is good, my response would be, it just is. <laughs> like that's Hard the up. thing.
1: I, I know it. I know it was like born from a meme, meme. before it even started. Yeah. But Kagurabachi is genuinely just a great manga. Like it understands yeah. a lot of the core principles of what makes manga good. It's mm-hmm. a really, really solid
2: manga. It's not like gonna break the internet with its like plot devices and thematic depth, but. It's a rip rollick fun time, and it's only six chapters, so if you catch up now, you won't have to deal with this media blocking some of the chapters
0: exact no exactly um, and also uh well, it might break the internet, considering uh that i, uh, I know it, what you're gonna talk about. I know it, what you're gonna bring up we <laughs> nearly beat one piece on manga Plus this week, uh, so like. <laughs> The, the the meme this week was that One
1: Piece is on break and kagurabachi's right behind it on manga plus in terms of popularity. So everyone's like, man, Kagurabachi has the opportunity to do the funniest
0: thing imaginable this week. Yeah, which imagine imagine if Kagura Bachi overtakes One Piece. Then the meme was real, dude. The meme was and it's real. Not- the meme was real, and then if that does happen... Shonen Jump is going... The, the the fucking executives at Jump are going to have an aneurysm. Honestly. It's gonna be so funny. It's gonna be so funny to see them f- try to figure out what the fuck is happening. <laughs> it's um, like
2: when all those people went on to, um, Mal and fucking upvoted, um, interspecies reviewers, yep. and made it the number one anime of all time. <laughs> it was the funniest moment. A fucking anime that got rescinded, which is the best thing. Because, like, many anime, we all know, don't get licensed at all. But very few, can I say with a massive smile on my face, got their license rescinded.
0: It's That's so their license funny. revoked. It's so objectively funny. the funniest thing even- ever happened.
2: Yeah. The funniest thing, Matt, is it wasn't even revoked. It was specifically rescinded, which means that they have the license
1: still. They They legally have have the license. license. It was licensed, and then they were like, actually, we're going to pull back on that.
0: (laughs) We're just not going to air it. (laughs) We're just
2: not going to air
1: it, but legally,
2: they still own the license for the amount of the contract.
1: So, hey, Crunchyroll, if any big-time execs at Crunchyroll Mm -hmm. are listening, you're sitting on that license. You just absorbed right stuff. Get the Blu-ray on your store. I'm just, just saying.
0: You don't have to have it people on your site. Buy it. put in
1: an uncensored Blu-ray and people will
2: buy it. Just go ahead. Many people, dude, uh, fucking Sentai sells Bodacious
0: Space Pirates, I think. Oh, they do, yeah. They, they, they have some shit. They have some shit. <laughs> they,
2: they have, have, some, have, shit, some,
0: they have oh, some
2: shit. Oh, yeah. I forget about that, that mean, other they, one they
1: have. They do have Nakaido.
2: Well, that's not the one I'm talking
0: about, but Nikaimo. they do have the title. Well, Okay, well, Nakaimo is not ta- Nakaimo is in a very different league than like Interspecies reviewers. like Nakaimo mm-hmm. is just bad.
1: Um You know what? It really shows how much uh it really shows how much uh admiration I have for Nakaimo cuz I just straight up got its name wrong and I don't
0: care. <laughs> yeah, but uh but Interspecies reviewers is like Actually, porn. Actually, you, dude,
1: I've. Do seen you it. want?
0: I know. Do you
2: want to pre-order Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time Super Extra Complete Collection Season Two? A,
0: not a premium edition of that, by the
2: way. I'm. I know, Matt. It's ninety Canadian dollars. <laughs> no. When will I you learn Carol and Tuesday that your actions have consequences? Uh, Carol and Tuesday is coming out in December for oh, a, a shit. premium box set. Uh, oh, is coming shit. Out, oh, I, stuff. oh,
0: I I got to pick that up, actually.
2: <laughs> and also the complete collection of race is coming out in January.
0: I already own that.
2: <laughs> I don't because I had uh, I, I'm not that guy. Have you
0: ever seen race No. Uh, race of is excellent. It's one of bones earliest fucking originals. It's the guy who made it. He's doing metallic rouge next season. Okay. That's um, new. and of Sivan is like if, what if Ava but not about, but it's about like Kabbalism
2: Ah, yes Classic.
0: Yeah So, uh, but it's really good. It's a, it's a really good Mecca Uh, but yeah, so that was but Yeah, Kagura is really good. If you actually It's on Uh, so sort of the Shonen Jump app Uh, definitely go check it out. Uh Not a, not a meme this time It's actually really good. Uh in any case, anything else people want to talk about for manga, we can move on to our sole piece of news that we have. Nope. Nope. All right, let's move on to our sole piece of news. It was actually super dead for news. Uh, for uh, it was actually news? super dead for news. Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, however,
2: yes.
0: uh, uh, However, our last or one piece of news I picked mainly because it is kind of the biggest news, um, and it also kind of leads into our conversation about. Uh, stuff that we're looking like stuff that's like incoming uh, for us movie wise. And that's let's talk about Boy and the Heron because Boy and the Heron just released its English dubcast. And I think it's really interesting to talk about how they went about this. Uh, so G Kids unveiled on Tuesday the English dubcast for Hayao Miyazaki's latest feature film, The Boy and the Heron. Uh, the English class- cast includes uh, Kristen Bale, Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, uh, Willem Dafoe. Aaron Fukuhara, Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, Florence Pugh, uh, uh, Mahamdu Athi, Tony Revolori, Dan Stevens, and Luca Pavadon, who is playing the lead, apparently. GKids handled uh, handled casting and produced the English version in close consultation with Studio Ghibli. Uh, the company produced the dub in accordan- also produced it in accordance with the sag afra foreign dubbing agreement. Because as we know, uh, these actors are currently on strike. Uh, go support the actors um, and. They are, and so in order to make this dub, they agreed with the conditions that Sagatra has laid out with, uh, that they were laying out for the studios, and GKids has agreed to them so they could dub Boy and the Heron. Uh, the dub will be done at uh, at New York AV, at, uh, at NWAV Post, by the way, with the same dub team, with the same team that dubbed your name, Weathering With You and Suzume. Uh, it's so it's so it's Michael's uh, so it's Mike uh, so it's Michael C- uh, sinter Nicholas I think is his name and Stephanie Shea, who is doing it. So if you like the your name if you like the your names dub if you like the, the more recent dubs for the Shinkai stuff they are doing this, which I think is a really good which I think is a really good which I think is a really good successor to the original Dibby dubs and stuff. Uh, GK has licensed the film and will release it in North American theaters on December. 8th with preview engagement with some preview engagements in limited areas on November 22nd. So, Shane, we're so saying if Boy and the Heron comes to win, uh, comes to our city, will we be seeing it? I, for reasons I can't disclose yet, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and also, and uh, uh, qu- uh, so, like, but also another question: Have you watched? Do you w- normally watch Ghibli in dub or sub? Because dub. I'm very curious. Yeah. So, I, I, so I'm, and so what's interesting about this is that a lot of these actors that they have here have already been in Ghibli dubs before. Christian Bale was obviously Hal in Howl's Moving yep. Castle. Um, Willem Dafoe was in Tales from Earthsea. Mark Hamill has been in several. I think he was in Porco Rosso, and he was also in. Uh, castle in the sky um uh so a lot of these actors have already been in ghibli films before um and uh and it's very similar to the japanese one so i'm curious do you uh, so so i'm so it's just kind of int- so it's just it's kind of interesting to see uh them go kind of go back and make this kind of like a smorgasbord of like old favorites from like other Ghibli stuff. Yeah, it's almost like a celebration of like the entire thing, uh, like which I mean, think makes sense of the English side of uh, Ghibli. Yeah, and also it's the same with the Japanese. The guy who Kristen, the guy who Kristen Bale is playing, um, his the actor who he's basically dubbing over, uh, played Hal in the original Japanese, and he's in this too. So he they basically just brought in interesting, yeah, him again. Uh, apparently, it was Ghibli's decision too. It was Ghibli's request that that happened. So, I'm curious, what do you think this means for the film? Because we have avoided trailers and, like, I've avoided everything, like, it. the fucking plague. Anytime it comes up on my timeline, I am actively scrolling past it as fast as humanly mm-hmm.
1: possible. I don't want yeah, I to hear anything from this fucking movie.
0: What do you guys think this actually means for the film? Do you think that, like, there's actually some, like, narrative reason for this because i'm no. very curious what you think or is no. it just a fun little easter egg for it's like, a fun ghibli. little
2: easter egg for people to that like pay attention to like the past of ghibli i am almost positive this has fucking jack and shit to do with the actual movie yeah <laughs> i will put if, dimes uh, to dollars that it's just one of those things for weird movie nerds like us to be like oh that's cool it's mm-hmm. just that's yeah, neat that they did that
1: yeah, honestly, it's more likely than not just a studio paying homage to its legacy. That's basically
0: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Boy and the Heron did also get uh also got slapped with a Pd thirteen from the MPAA. We're eating. Oh boy. Uh, Rip little uh, the... children. But, oh well, if it apparent if it's anything like. Some of the other P13 stuff that Ghibli has done, like Princess Mononoke, oh, do not bring kids to this. That's what I'm going to say. Do not was bring spir- kids to this. Was things like Spirited Away, was that PG-13 when it came out? No, it was PG. That was PG.
2: Oh, yeah, in that case. It, there's it, nothing really, there's-
0: I mean, it's a, it's got adult know. stuff in it, but it's not really, like, it's it's like terrible spooky. for kids. It's spooky, but M- M- Mononoke,
2: 100%, I can see that being...
0: Pg thirteen, yeah, fucking uh, think Pg uh, thirteen. That no, that's Pg thirteen. I think Noska is too. Um, I think Noska is too. I think Vin Rises is. I need to double check that. Um, I got uh, you. It is yes. Uh, that makes sense because Vin Rises. Uh, fucking has a scene where like the main character's wife is like coughing up copious amounts of blood because she is dying from. Uh she is dying from tuberculosis. So. Uh, I always God, hate TBs. Nice. I I uh, always that fucking TB, man. You know what I'm saying? Always that fucking that fucking TB. That fucking TB, but I'm excited. Uh Boy and the Heron is obviously like the le- is obviously maybe my most anticipated thing for the rest of the year. I honestly think. Uh so Yo, I ver- I'm ver- What? Vera Her-, Her songs in that movie? In Wind Rises? Yeah. Yeah, he's in the dub for that, dude. Oh shit! I- I've never actually seen Windrises, Rises*. So Wind Rises* is a biopic. <laughs> it's really interesting. Ah. it's a it's about the guy who made it's it's about the fucking jap it's about the fucking Japanese aviator who made uh the a uh, a six m zero. Oh, okay, the classic. Uh, uh, and it's a- yeah, so yeah, so it's it's about uh Jiro Horikoshi. Um, okay. Uh. Uh, it's a. It is a kind of. It is a fictionalized telling. It's not accurate at all. Um, but it's about Jiro Hirosaki. Uh, what my favorite thing about *Rin Rises*, by the way, is who plays Jiro in the sub. He's voiced by Hideki Ano. Oh, that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um. Apparent. Ah. Uh, this was apparently. Ah. Uh, uh, he was. Uh, I believe the reason he's in this is because. Uh, they were looking for an actor to play him, and Hayao Miyazaki mentioned, like, Ano's not an actor, but he has, like, the voice and inflection that he wanted for the character, so he asked Ano if he wanted to play him. And this was when, Anno, and according to Anno, he credits his playing Jiro as the reason why, like, he managed to, like, get out of his depression after 3. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what we're Which here I- for. Uh yeah, oh, it's uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and he does a very good job. I, he does a very good job. I normally watch Ghibli and dub, but I have checked out When Rises and Sub just to hear Kideki Ano, and he's very good. He's very very good. Uh, he, also, uh, a fun
2: reminder for Matt that um, Ano got to live his dream in Shin Ultraman because he did the mocap for Shin Ultraman.
0: He did. Yes, he got he to is play Ultraman. Ultraman. He, he literally got to play Ultraman, and I'm pretty sure that that was the one thing, I think that, that was the, that was, like, the one requirement he had for the film. He was like, I gotta, I, it's like, if we're doing Ultraman, I gotta be Ultraman. I gotta be I exactly. gotta, gotta be Ultraman. Yeah. But in any case, uh, I think that's all we got for news. Again, very light on news. It was basically nothing this week. Um uh it's a bit overseas and so there's not gonna really uh be a whole lot uh so let's move on to our featured anime of the podcast which is one that i picked and it's a anime that i uh have kind of a soft spot for um and that's bartender uh directed by masaki watanabe and written by yasuhiro imagawa and from studio It's from palm studio which is a little-known studio that isn't really around anymore. We'll talk more about them in a second, because there's actually a lot of interesting history around them. Um, and originally aired from October 15th, 2006 to December 31st, 2006, for 11 episodes, and is currently licensed by Anime Limited, and you can go watch it over on Crunchyroll in sub. Um, it is a uh, 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 bartender follows Ryu Saku- uh, Sasakuda, who is a bartending prodigy who works at the... Uh, who works at Eden Hall, which is this small little bar uh, that is in the Ginza district? Uh, bar, uh, 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 Ryu has a unique gift—a um, unique gift—and that is the glass of the gods. Uh, what is the glass of the gods? Well, he ha- no Ryu has an uncanny ability to read people. Uh, to read people, he, he can look at someone and know exactly what they're feeling and exactly what they're going through whenever they come into his bar so he knows exactly what drinks he needs to serve in order to make them feel better it's not really about him though bartender is a lot like other shows of its ilk where it's actually more about the people that come into the bar and their life stories and what they uh, and what they are going through at that time who comes into the bar? A variety, a variety of folks. There's there's a head of an advertising company, a screenwriter, uh, uh, a specialist in in fluid dynamics. Uh, there's a lot of different character, different uh, a different eclectic individuals that come here. Uh, and bart, so bartenders kind of that. Ray is kind of a difficult series to describe on first glance because it's not necessarily a show. That has any kind of big overarching narrative or big overarching hook. It's very very slow paced It's very slice of lifey, but also with an element of of kind of being there almost as kind of like a celebrate a weird celebration of Japanese drinking culture in a weird way. It's kind of an, it's interesting in that regard. Payne has never seen this show. Though to be fair, most people haven't seen this show because this show is exceptionally really obscure. Here in, the, here in North America. Shane, what did you think of Bartender? Bartender is what I
1: like to call a glass of life show. Get it? <laughs> anyway, I'm about to pop, shove it out my window right now. Um, Bartender is a fascinating show because in the way it's presented and structured, it almost gives me the vibes of like, A studio play or a soap opera or something along those lines because there's a lot of fourth wall breaking there's a lot of like external monologue there's a lot of people just talking about what's happening about themselves um so the way it's presented the way it's like brought together is fascinating i don't think i've seen another anime quite like this but because of that it's very very slow paced uh don't go into this expecting anything other than people sitting at a bar and talking that's the show and if you're not into that avoid this like the plague because you will find it ungodly boring to me though while there were parts of the show that I wasn't super invested in, and some parts that I would classify as teetering on the edge of being quote-unquote boring. I really think that the, the, the theatrics of it, that the, the slow burn, very humanist story being told here is just a guy who makes drinks for people, and they tell him about their lives and their troubles, and they just kind of bond over it. And it's it's a really cool small little uh self-encased demonstration of like the human element, like what it means, you know, to just be people and to just connect with other humans and like you know connect with people's struggles and life in general. It's just it's a very fascinating show.
0: All right. All right. Spencer has also not seen it, uh, but now he has. Spencer, what did you think of Bartender on first watch?
2: I have no proper words to describe this, but unlike Bento from last week, it's for a good reason. Um, I didn't leave this anime feeling confused. I left this anime feeling relaxed, mellow. Yeah. So. So. Matt will probably talk about Mushishi because the tone of it is really similar. Um but if you're going into this expecting a like a hectic show about bartending or whatever or a lot of, or a lot of action, yeah, you're going to be sorely let down. If you're the kind of person who just hates alcohol and doesn't think anybody should drink and thinks that drinking is bad and alcohol is the devil, you won't like this because this takes a really interesting niche look at alcohol and drinking itself, and it never states alcohol to be a problem. Obviously, you can have issues with alcohol, but the alcohol itself is not the problem. As
0: As a very neutral perspective on the matter. It doesn't really a good, go one way or the, the other.
2: Sh- the show states that a, a drink starts a conversation with yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay? When you have a good drink, it's almost like looking inward at issues, memories of the past, things that come up. Some alcohol you you won't drink because it you have bad memories. Some alcohol you have really good memories with. You know? And it's... It's all about this very, yeah, this nuanced take on drinking that can only come from Japan with their very fascinating drinking culture as a country. um but I'll talk about it later, but then I I run into my main issue of how I'm going to fucking score this thing because as an yeah. art because as like an art house, fascinating thematic look. It's a 10 out of 10. But As a show. All the animation is dated. It's,
0: it's messy. Uh, it's I, messy. All right, uh, I watched Bartender a very long time ago. Uh, the first time I watched it, I think it was like 2012, 2013. It was a while ago. And... Bartend and bartender has always been in an unfortunate situation of being not really ta- easy to find in North America. Um, while the show is very popular, it's got like a pretty strong following in Japan. Um, over here, it was it was never licensed when it first hit, um, and the most it got was like a Japanese only Blu-ray. No, Japanese only DVD from Pony Canyon in like late in like early two thousand seven, and that was it. Um, uh, So it was a very it 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 was a show that was kind of difficult to find, Uh, but I watched it anyways mainly out of curiosity. I had heard about it, and for some reason the idea of it sounded interesting to me. It was not what I expected when I first watched it. Um, But as time has gone on, I have found a lot of respect for Bartender as a show for what it was trying for what it was doing and the and the way that it went about with its material Um, uh, material. I. And so when I rewatched it for this for the podcast because it's my first time watching it in a while, and I still really like it. The thing that stuck out to me though is that yeah, I can totally see why they're remaking this. Um, uh, it's it is it it, it, lo- it it this is this is looks like it's from the mid two thousands. We'll talk about it in a bit, but it's a ru- it's a rough looking show, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um... Uh, but it doesn't really take away the fact that it's just in, also just it's just that it's really well written and really well directed. Um, it's, a, it's a it's a show with really strong people behind the scenes working with very clearly limited resources. Um, uh, so but let's move on to specifics. Shane, what was your favorite episode of Bartender? My favorite episode of Bartender? There's only 11.
1: There's only so. 11 of them. Favorite episode of Bartender is episode six, The Story
0: Inside the Glass. Oh, this is mine too. Uh, and yes, it is because it's about a screenwriter. It's because writers. of, yeah, it's because it's about film. <laughs> that's that's 100% yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite too. Uh, it, it, it's a fucking, it's about a screenwriter who's going through writer's block M- mood. And he's like, you know what? Like, I I appreciate the
1: show's commitment to showing, like, that realistic side of, like, screenwriting because Mm -hmm. this dude is like man i just can't i just can't come up with anything and his director is like you need to come up with something even if you sell out like we need to do it because we need to you know make money it's like i'm not gonna i can't do that it's not it's not for the artistic merit i can't do it if it's not for the artistic merit
0: i'm like Mm -hmm. dude that's re- the hashtag relatable. <laughs> that, that is so relatable. Like you've ever come in like the, the it, it is the constant battle between like what you like the, the capitalist like the, it, we live in a capitalist society where this kind of where you need to focus on this kind of thing. We need to like, uh I need to like. Oh, idea I, like we need to like make money. It would, like we need to make money and we need to find scripts that sell, but also the artistic side of things. It's like, but sometimes the things we that don't sell are the stuff that we like actually want to make and want to do. And like that's the stuff that our passion lies in. And I love this guy too, because he fucking has gone to like a fuck ton of bars and has ordered a fuck ton of like fucking scottish like scottish whiskeys which he which based by the way i'm glad he likes that shit um um uh and it's and it's it what's really and what's really interesting is that he goes to this he goes to eden he finds his director and he actually he finds his director there and the most of the episode is them basically talking about like their both of their frustrations with the current system and stuff mm-hmm. and it's really interesting it's really fascinating i like it a lot i like it a lot and and uh, uh
1: the the biggest credit i can give this episode is that this came out in 2006
0: and the stuff they're talking about is still relevant today yeah it is 100 percent. so like it's a very it very very clearly did their research with this one uh 100%. it's a very timeless episode yeah uh spencer what was your favorite episode
2: uh, my favorite episode is episode 9, The Bar's Face. Ooh! oh, this one's actually good. This one's good. So th- this is your, um, your backstory on Ryu, basically. Because mm-hmm. we've yeah. got about, we got about 8 episodes of, um, of, of basically, like, Ryu has the answers. He's super smart. He's an incredible bartender, but we don't really know a lot about how he became such a good bartender. Like, w- surely you know pe- people think, "Oh, yes, of course, he must have been," you know, born this good of a bartender. But it's not. Um, and in in this episode, one of the main, one of the only two reoccurring characters, uh, Miwa, is like, "Ah, oh, yes, I'm going to go." F- drink at the bar, but the bar is closed. It's reserved for a single customer. And who is that customer? It is the first time that Ryu fucked up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was his first, as the show calls it, inappropriate cocktail. Uh Uh-huh. And basically it goes to when he was an apprentice back in the day, there was two people that came in, a businessman and his attractive companion, Kanako, and a... Big fuck-up number one, she asked for champagne. who gave her a champagne pick-me-up, which is in a flute glass. And a flute glass is a... One of those really skinny, long glasses. mm mm-hmm. um, When it should have been in, like, a martini glass, because... When you drink from a, flute, from a flute glass, you have to lift your, your head up to drink out of it. And that would expose her aging lines. And we don't do that to a guest because she's obviously trying to per- not show that she's aging. She doesn't like that. And then the guy that, that shows up orders this, you know, super fancy stuff and he doesn't drink any of it. He takes one drink and he pays with a bunch of money. And it turns out the guy's actually quite poor, but he likes to be like, he likes to pretend that he's wealthy um, because, you know, it, it just, it brings him back to the, um, to like how things were. Cause it turns out that he made most of his money um, in the 1980s. And for a bit of a history lesson, and, and or for those of us who played Yakuza 0, the Japanese was in what's known, what was known as the Great Economic Miracle, in which after World War II, up to about the 1980s, Japan's economy was booming. It was one of the fastest-growing economies in the world. But it was a bubble economy. So in the 80s, when the bubble popped, proverbially... Their entire country was poor. Everybody lost all their money. So this guy made his money during the economic miracle, lost his money when the bubble popped, and still wants to live in that time period. And the big fuck-up for him was that Ryu basically tells him to grow up and stop living in the past. But as a bartender, it's not your job to tell people how they're supposed to live. It's your job to see what the, what your guests want and make those drinks that they may want. Or if they ask for something, make it to the best of, of your ability. And Ryu, as a young man, was trying to impose his youth on this man and basically say, listen, dude, you got to grow up. But that's not how a bartender should act. And the show is very adamant about, as a bartender, you are the bar's face. Okay, and everybody has two faces one that they show the world and one that they show at work. And a bartender's face has to be directed at the customer. So, regardless of what you think, it's all about making them feel comfortable. And I think it was really fascinating to see uh, Ryu kind of grow and understand that stuff before you get. And then it makes all the previous episodes make more sense about how he's learned to become the bar's face. And pick things up. Also, uh, I'm one of like very few people. I actually really like gin and tonics. Uh, I used to not like them, but they're actually really really
0: refreshing to drink. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well said. Well said. Uh, well Let's move on now. I was thinking, uh, move on to car- Move on to characters like we, it, we do. usually we'd move on to characters like you usually do. But I don't know if we could do that with this, frankly, uh, Shane. Do you think we can do it with this? Because I don't know if we can. I mean, I still have
1: a pick. So, all right, let's do it anyway. Shane, who do you got? Who do you got for best? The best character is obvious. It's the glass of the gods himself,
0: Ryu Sasakura. Sasakura, the mm-hmm. boy, the man, mm-hmm. the myth, the legend. Who's also my pick here. He, he. Yeah. Okay. Ryu is one of those
1: characters. That is the the core of the show. Without him, show falls apart. Because he's the beating heart. He's the soul behind everything that bartender is. He's the 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 human spirit. He's the, the 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 social one. He's the one who's interacting with every other character, making connections, learning about them as people, and trying his best to really like bring the best in them out so without him show just frankly doesn't work mm-hmm. yeah i think
0: i yeah, i i agree spencer do you have the same pick or yeah i mean there's really nobody else to pick <laughs> yeah there's really nobody I, I was gonna say there's really nobody else to pick it's one of those situations where because the show is so episodic he's like the outside of miwa He's the only character who really shows up on multiple occasions. Yeah. Uh, because he's the head bartender of... He's, uh, he is the... It's his own bar, pretty much. Uh, it's his own bar. So, like, he is the only guy we see. And we do... And what I do like is that it's not just like a... It, I, it is not just like a ginkgo situation from Mushishi, where we don't really know a whole lot about ginkgo. We don't really need to, because... The uh, Bart Mushishi is much more about like the it's usually about the people and their lives. Um, at that point, Uh we actually do qu- know quite a bit about Ryu. I do, uh, what I, which I like. Uh we like we Ryu does have a sort of like a like care. I kind of have care. Does have kind of his weird own character growth out the show. Um, it's he's not just a static like. Guy, throughout most uh, of all of it. And it, uh, but again, also similar to, Gink- but again, more similar to Ginkgo is that some, ep- he's in it, he's in some episodes more, he's in some episodes less. Uh, and it depends on which episode you find, and it depends on which episode. Uh, do we have a worst or do we not? <laughs> Shane? Okay. So the thing, the, the
1: thing is, I was going to say, yeah. I watched this, um, Closer to the beginning of the month, so I watched this two three weeks ago. I have hmm. a least favorite written down. But I'ma be real with you. I don't remember who the fuck this guy is. Just uh, <laughs> say his name. Just say his name. My least favorite character is Tajima.
2: Oh, he's the con man. okay yeah, he's, yeah, the con yeah. Yeah.
1: he's the
0: con dude. Yeah, he's con man. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a con man, dude. He's like yeah, he's a- okay.
1: He's that character who knows he's doing shitty things, but he's so good at doing shitty things that he loops it back around in his head to being good. So when he's finally called out by someone who's actively, like, better than him, more skilled than him, he's like, um, uh, no! uh, uh, How could you tell uh, that I put
2: multiple pastises in there? I'm just that good.
0: Yeah, he's just that good. is yeah, that good? Is just that good. Uh is yeah, that good? I actually had NA written down because I can't think of anything. I couldn't think of anything. But I'm just going to now scratch that out and put that guy in there. There we go.
2: So, yes, yeah, she, she seemed like a super nice lady uh who was just trying to take care of her kid. So fuck you.
0: <laughs> I was going to say yeah. Uh, I for, I forgot yeah, he did it. Yeah, fucking He was yeah, it was fucking yeah. He's yeah. Come yeah, scummy, scummy shit. All right, all right. Let's move on to other things we want to talk about. Because uh, talk about. uh so let's get the elephant in the room out of the way first. Let's talk about the Let's talk about the way this show looks. Uh because it's a little messy. It's a little, little messy. I think. Wouldn't you agree, Ma- Shane? What? I,
1: I think a little messy is a bit of an understatement. Here. Yes. A little bit. It's um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it, it doesn't move. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't move. It yet. really doesn't move. Like 90% of the time. So in, a, in an 11 episode show, that's roughly four hours worth of content. So like I would say like three hours and. 45 minutes of that. The show just does not move at all. Mm -hmm. And for an animated show. Regardless of what kind of show it is, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, it's because it's it's the equivalent of scrolling through your PowerPoint the day before a presentation. It's that.
0: Which isn't fun mm -hmm. to look at it's not and it's it's got and i think it it's i get that like this is pro this was probably like a really hard show to like try to figure out how to make like look interesting from an animation perspective like i get it uh at the same time though at the same time though there is a couple of reasons for this the big reason is that is palm studio was not is was is that a year, is that the year after this show aired, they went defunct. They went bankrupt. Uh, this was the last show they did. Well, the last, like, big show they did before they went bankrupt. They did another show called Master of Epic, the animation age, but I've never heard of that. They did it with Gonzo. Um, but Palm Studio made basically three shows over the course of its entire existence. They used to be Uh, They were founded by former Triangle Staff people. Um, If you want to know, Triangle Staff before it went defunct in 2002 were the people behind Serial Experiments Lane, uh, Macross Plus, uh, and they also did work on Harlock Saga, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, uh, The other two shows they did before this were they did the 2004 version of Tetsuzine 28 Go, which is better known in the... Uh, North America as Gigantor, um, uh and they also, but the more importantly is that they did a show in two thousand and four called Genshiken, which, uh which, uh have chain. Have you heard of Ken before? Because I'm very curious. I'm, I'm going to be real with them. you. Never heard of that in my life. Genshiken. It is one. It, was one of the first slice of life mangas to really be about uh, otaku culture. Okay. Uh and it was a huge deal at the time. Um and the original Genshi Ken show was also really popular for a time as well back in like the two thousand late, like in the mid to late two thousands, it was really popular. It le- without it, we would not have gotten like stuff like Lucky Star. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, gotcha. Uh, so it was a big deal. Uh it, it was a yeah, so Palm, but Palm Studio was already on thin ice when they were making bartender they were not doing well financially they were coming from a studio that itself was not doing well financially uh they, they uh, the the uh, the studio itself was founded from uh from a studio that also was not doing well financially and and bartender while it was a popular show uh it has the issue of being from a manga that has exceptionally detailed artwork um and those are always a bitch and a half to animate as we've seen time and time again uh so it's not surprising that bartender looks the way it does my more issue with it is less so the actual fact that it doesn't move it's the fact that the drinks are cg for some godforsaken reason i don't understand this decision i think it's what i think it's the one thing about the show that really throws me out of it sometimes is that the fact that the drinks are fucking CG. Whoever decided that, like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, it's two th- especially since it's 2006 CG as well. So, like, it's very obviously CG. Uh, Shane, anything else you want to bring up about Bartender, if you have anything? Um...
1: Honestly, I came into this um a little concerned because I'm like, how much can you really talk about bartender? Like it's a very it's a very difficult show to discuss mm-hmm. just because it's so esoteric in its design and execution, and honestly, not a whole lot happens in the show, which the The running joke, if you're a new viewer of the Gaff, first off, welcome. Uh, second, yeah, welcome. the the running joke between Matt and I here is because Matt and I are the film majors. We love films or shows or whatever, um, that we like to call, uh, nothing happens, but everything happens, and it's mm-hmm. it's movies or shows where they're very slow, very slow burns. Not a whole lot happens, but in that slow pace, it tells everything and i would classify bartender as a show of that caliber the problem with that kind of stuff is that it's inherently very difficult to discuss in a broader sense because it's like yeah it is it's a show about a dude who makes drinks and people talk about shit it's good i enjoyed it
0: i don't have much else to say other than that (laughs) Yeah, I really don't. Uh, it's, it's a diff- it's a difficult one to talk. It's a difficult one to talk about for that reason alone. Uh, Spencer, I think might have stuff to say about the way this it handled its drinks, though, because I know that Spencer's been hammering to talk about that. Yeah. So,
2: so alcohol is fascinating. The history of this. So, for those of you new to the gap, once again, welcome. welcome. You're welcome. Um but for those of you who are new, while Matt and Shane are film majors, I am a history major, a history and political science major. So alcohol, we can date it back something like five to seven thousand years ago is our first documented case of alcohol or fermentation of fruits, honeys, grape, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I found this stuff from a historical point very fascinating because they did their fucking research. They did so much research. Every single point in this show where they talk about the history of a drink, um, the makeup of a drink, how the drinks are made, they're all done with 100% pinpoint accuracy. And it's weird to see such devotion and such respect for for alcohol, in a show. Because this is not like Japanese businessman with tie on his head going, ho ho, I'm drunk. This is like, really nuanced in its take about the history of alcohol. Because, you have many different types of alcohol with many different types of flavors. You know, everybody that drinks has their spirit of choice. Okay? Uh, I personally am a rum drinker. I really like rum. Rum is fermented sugarcane. So rums usually have more of a, a higher sugar content than your whiskies and your scotches because those are usually made with your, your grain mash, your peat moss, your corn mash, etc., etc. Your blends that have lower sugar contents because they're not inherently made with sugarcane, but still will have the flavors of the barrel that it's made in, etc., etc. And everything that they mention is so well respected that for a history major like me who has a fascination on on this stuff, like we have alcohol in Canada that dates back to like 1820. We have the oldest running um, family operated brewery is Moosehead which is from 1867. Uh... John, James o, John Oland uh, basically made it. We, we in Canada have some of the most oldest breweries that aren't uh, Trappist, which is brewed by monks. But there's just a lot about it that is fascinating in and of itself. I mean, Molson Canadian is from 1786. Like before some almost 100 years before we were a country a couple of people in Montreal were figured out how to brew beer properly. You know, beer was drank because in the fermentation, it cleaned up the bacteria that was in it, so it was safer to drink than water. So that's why pub culture was created in England in, in the medieval ages, because everybody could drink beer because it was safe. So when stuff like this comes along, it's very much as a history major, and as a person who does drink, there's a lot of, like, nuance to it. With all that being said, I'm gonna repeat, this show looks bad. <laughs> it looks it looks subpar to passable at the best of times, but the the CG drinks look bad, and like nothing fucking moves. So, A for effort, like a like a C minus to a C for
0: execution. Fucking okay, yeah, pretty much. Uh, 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 pretty much. I think the la- I think the thing I think the last thing I want to bring up is the fact that I do. It's kind of it's kind of interesting on how e- how the show like every time it brings out a drink, like it basically dissects them like individually. It almost like deconstructs the drink, which I think is really fun. Which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, which I think it's really, uh, I think it's really interesting. Particularly the fact that I did not is that when I fir- remember first watching this, I did not expect to be as interested in that stuff as I was. But hey, that's actually one of the stronger parts of the show, I think. Um, but because clearly uh, Ara- uh, Araki Joe, who's the writer of the original manga for this, has done his research. And if you also look at his fucking uh, other stuff he's done, he also did a manga about sommeliers. He did a manga about wine. Oh, so, so like, he's just, uh, uh, he's just a high functioning alcoholic. He's a high functioning alcoholic. Yeah, uh, fuck it. So he 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 just he just really likes booze. I guess. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, and just knows a lot about it. Right. I think we're good to move on to final scores. Then I think we're good. Uh, Shane, what did you get? What do you give, bartender?
1: Fascinating show. Like I said, the the the, the way it's presented and constructed is. Very fascinating. I really like the slow burn, slice of life energy, uh, the more human aspect of it. It's all, it's all very good stuff. It might be a little too slow in places for my personal liking, and also it looks like utter ass. It makes it not fun to watch most of the time. So <laughs> all of that in consideration going to give it a very solid 8 out of 10.
0: I... An 8 out of 10. Spencer, what do you give it? Um,
2: kind of similar to Shane. Uh, I love what the show is doing. Um, but because of my interest in the subject matter, it was more bearable for me. And... Bad animation aside... The fucking art house shit that they do with like transitions and fucking blocking and shit like that is really impressive for its time. So I'm going to give it a middling to low, but still impressive, nine out of ten.
0: And I'm in the same boat. I'm also going to give a bartender a nine out of ten. Uh, I love this kind of slow stuff. Um, uh, you go to Whiff every year. After you go to my local film fest every year, and you say you get watch the slowest films you can imagine and go like that was the best thing I've ever seen the more you do that you can handle stuff like I can handle stuff like this uh my big big thing preventing me from going even uh, going higher is the fact that it does look rough and in the, and clear and very much clearly the result of a studio imploding on itself as they were making this so i'm so that's why i am excited for whatever that i am excited for like what they what they could possibly do for when they bring because uh when they bring it back um in april of next year because they did release a pv for it um and uh because they had they, they they did release a PD for it, and it seems like the, what they want to do with it is that they're gonna go and try to double down on the Hard House stuff from the from the Fire One. So I'm really curious to see how that goes. Um, and it's also Studio Libre doing it, who uh, hasn't really done a whole lot, but they did do, they have really done who haven't really done a whole lot, but I like the, the some of the staff that they do have on it. Um, so. Uh, so, but yeah, nine out of ten seems good for me. And now let's move on to our final anime of Month of Spork, which if you remember last time, if you tuned in last time, we know that the that bartender was supposed to be the one we do last. However, some stuff happened um, involving Shane's pick, which was Sweetness and Lightning. Uh, as he explained last time, Sweetness and Lightning got yeeted off of Crunchyroll. It he is got gone. nuked off the Internet. <laughs> It's gone. It's not legally available anymore, so we decided to not do it. Um and we'll save it for another time depending on when we fucking ends up being le- if it ends up being legally available again. Uh but Shane does have a new pick and he's about to reveal it right now. So Shane, what are we doing for the last week of Month of Spork now? Yeah, so uh
1: rest rest in piss, uh sweetness and lightning. Uh gone before I really knew you, even though I watched you several years ago. But I digress. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Uh ripped to a real one. But my new yeah. pick, um, is a show that I've heard a lot of positive buzz uh, over this year because it started in, I believe, winter.
2: Yeah. yeah. January, And it
1: aired through summer, um, mm-hmm. split core. -hmm. Uh, And it's one that I wanted to check out because I've seen some clips on Twitter, and it looks really good. And it's a food show, very loosely a food show, but still food show. Food show (laughs) still counts, counts. so I picked it. Um, Mm -hmm. my new pick and the finale of the month of Spork is Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, which is a fantasy show about a sweets maker and also about racism.
0: <laughs> it, it's about it's about a sweets maker who's like, I want to make the best sweets in the world. I want to become. I want to make the wonderful sweets. uh but also this is a world where slavery exists, and there they hate Faye, and there's like a lot of tension, and so it's also about sexism too. Um, nice. It's about sexism and there's classism too. It's just about a bunch of shit, bro. It's, <laughs> it's just it's, a pol- it's just a political show disguised as a food show. Very vaguely, very vaguely. Oh, and it's also a shojo, so there's a love triangle. It's a romance,
1: and also so. it has some of the most insane animation I've seen this year, which is wild to me. <laughs> it's JC Staff, yes, JC
0: Staff, dude. That makes it even wilder. Not gonna lie. Well, it's probably because well, well, it's probably well, it's probably because it's directed by Yohei Suzuki, um, who has a fucking extensive backlog in the industry. So, like, he's been around for a very long time. Uh, uh, uh Fun fact! Uh, fun fact! He was one of the main unit directors and storyboard artists on Familiar of Zero. The whole fucking thing. The huh. whole thing. Uh, he was not the director of it. He did not direct it. He was not the head director of it. Uh, But he was the guy responsible for, like, a lot of the... Bo- uh, for storyboarding, episode directing... Hey unit director stuff he was involved hey, that- in all- and he was o- and he was also the 3d he was the cg guy on helsing ultimate so there's that too okay <laughs> um, i will
1: say for as mid as familiar of zero season one is both mm-hmm. seasons that we watch
0: have some pretty solid boards throughout so yeah um Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so next thing, yeah, we'll be covering Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, which is a recent, which is a recent, uh, which is probably one the most recent show we've covered on the podcast, actually. Um, so there, we will be talking about that. I'm your host Matt, aka Legion Rex. You can go find me on Twitter at Legion Rex as well. So, oh shit, on YouTube. Um, uh, and you can also find me on Twitch. So make sure to follow me on all those platforms. With me, I'm my co Shane, aka the Bearded One. Ah! You can find him on Twitter. Um, at Beauty Gaming Network, um, you can also find him on on YouTube. You can find his backlogs of videos where he posts let's plays, podcasts, uh, game, uh, unboxings, old streams, a bunch of other stuff. So go follow him there. With me, also have my co-host Spencer. You can find him on Twitter at Billy Burton with two, two E's. E's and where he likes a lot of cosplay pictures, and he is the homepage of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Give me a second
2: to check if they won today. Did they win today? Let me check. I don't think they did, but Bengals didn't play today, so I'm going to take it as a win. Excellent!
1: Uh, it's a dub because they didn't get
0: annihilated.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a dub. It's a dub. It was their bye week.
0: It was. It was their bye week. All right. In that case, I and so I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about Bartender, and we'll see you next time for Sugar Apple Fairy Tale. So take a look. So. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, it'll be out next week, but only it will be out. It will be out next week. Yeah, but this, not is, probably this is the last one
1: that we are doing weekly for a long while. So, uh, yes. So enjoy it while you get it. You fucking ingrates. Yeah. Run while you still can. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're, we are. In, we are in your walls while you're at it. I am not only in your walls. I am rapidly approaching your destination. I'm in your room right now. I'm in your head. Get out of my head, Charles. No. Yes. Bye. I don't chuckle. I just fuck.
1: Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. That